Couch Guys Sports Loose Change Podcast, episode number 50, the big 5-0. There's been a lot of episodes so far. It's been over a year. It's been a great podcast. It's still growing. And I am just so jacked up to see where we're at once we hit number 100. Uh, special guest today for episode number 50. I want to talk some Bruins. I want to talk about uh, one of the best hockey teams in the NHL right now. And we got one of the big hockey guys in Boston, Ty Anderson of WEEI. Ty, thank you so much for coming on today, man. Oh, thanks for having me, guys. Really appreciate it. Yeah, 100%. So, again, I mean, I'm going to kick this off. Lauren, Jared, no say. I get to kick this off. I never have say. It's fine. Ty, so elephant in the room. The news broke today. David Backus. And we, we've got some disagreements here on this show about this whole suspension, but David back is suspended three games for his hit last night. Um, it was a shot to the head. What do you think about the suspension? Do you think David back deserves the suspension? And just what, what are your general overviews about this? Yeah. I mean, I think if, if we want to sit here and say that the NHL needs to get rid of headshots, we have to agree that this was a hit to the head, whether it's intentional or not. I, I think that is irrelevant in the grand scheme of things. Uh, so I think that, yeah, you could get a suspension, but I think when you're talking about three games for a guy who has played over 800 games in the NHL, he's one of 30 forwards to play 15,000 minutes in the past 11 years, and he hasn't had a single final suspension, and we're going to make the jump to three right away. I think that's a little tough. You know, even Poshnok didn't get that last year. He got two games for, for his shot to Dan Girardi. So I just think that's a little high, you know, to begin with. And the fact that they come out in this in this explanation here, and they say that the fact that he has no suspension history played a factor in this. Okay, well, what if he had one? Would it be 10 games? It, it, you know, that, it's just a weird sort of, of slope that we're on here at the NHL. And I think yep. it's a big problem for them because there's just no consistency whatsoever. Yeah, and Ty, you know, with this Bruins team and the way they kind of have moved on here, it seems like to me that they really can't do wrong in the sense of they keep losing guys, but they keep winning what have you seen this year that makes a difference? Because we never thought this team was going to be where they are in the first place. And I think we've all gotten over that factor of this, but now they keep losing guys for other reasons and they keep, you know, fit on her, on figuring it out. Yeah, it's pretty weird. Uh, I think the biggest thing that's helped this team really is that they had so many injuries early. I mean, we were talking about, you had Jordan Swartz in, in your top six for a good stretch there. You know, that that's pretty remarkable to think about that. That's where they were with their injuries for a while. So, I think when that happens, you almost you almost learn how to play without certain guys. And it's not to sit here and say that the Bruins are a better team without Chris Bergeron because they're obviously not. But I do think that this part, this time of year, they're more well equipped to handle these injuries. And listen, talking to some of the guys in the front office of this team and the coaching staff, they knew that this was going to be a grind. They knew that the March was going to be insane for them. So I think that they almost expected to lose some bodies, and that's why they had this sort of deadline here where they loaded up on on some depth pieces, if you will, besides Rick Nash. So I think that they were prepared for it in a way, and the players in that room have been prepared for this. They know what they need to do to sort of keep the team afloat. And, you know, listen, it doesn't hurt that the the Atlantic has been as bad as it's been, and, and they've built up this 20-point playoff cushion here. So they can afford a slump, if you will. It's just, I just think this team and this, this message, I mean, it really has been consistent from day one that they're not going to make excuses. They're going to have four lines that they can trust. And I think when you give players that trust they have the confidence to go out there and perform and i think it's exactly what we've seen from this team no matter the the lineup if you will yeah there definitely haven't been many excuses from this team and that's something i've really enjoyed this entire season but now 
going into getting deeper into March and into April, their schedule is obviously very tough. Probably the toughest it's been all season. And just kind of want your take, obviously, with Bergeron and McAvoy out, and now back is gone for three games. Do you have any major concerns going into the end of the season? Well, my biggest concern, I would say, right now is David Krejci, because I think if you watch his last week, he looks like he's battling through something right now. And I think that this team can survive without Bergeron, and they can live without David Backus. But if, if you lose David Krejci here, and now you're talking about being down your, your big three, if you will, I think that's a scary thought for this team, uh, especially when you're talking about ripple effects on lines one through three. That would be a hard thing for, for them to overcome. I think last night was the first night that I really felt as if David Krejci was laboring out there. Uh, so, so let's see, you know, how he looks on Thursday night and heading into the stretch here. You got 19 games and I think 33 days or something insane like that. So, so they got a, they got a tough stretch here coming up. I think, I just think that, you know, that's my one concern, I guess, is, is preserving guys between now and the first round of the playoffs. You know, you really can't afford another significant injury. You know, I, I think we all assume that Patrice Bergeron will be back by the playoffs. Same for Charlie McAvoy. You know, but if you add another name to that list, another important name, whether it's a guy from your top four defense or, or your, you know, your top six forward group, or even Tuka Rask, I think that that's when things become a little bit dicier for me. And that's when I begin to sort of reel back my expectations for this team. And, and listen, I don't want to do that because I think this team has the makings of a team that can be in the third or fourth round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Well, listen, absolutely. When McAvoy went to the ground the other night, Every, you could hear the wind being sucked out of Boston. That was that was like not exactly like a Gordon Hayward, but he was kind of one of those guys that once he dropped, everybody was like, "What the hell? This cannot happen." Yeah, yeah. It was. I mean, it was pretty scary. I think for sure because you saw him go down, and and a lot of people were quick to say that was a slash. I didn't see the slash, and, and sure enough, the video replays sort of show that didn't happen. So yep. I, I was like, "Oh no, this is this is not good." I thought non-contact knee injury. I mean, my, my first thought there was, I, I, remember, I remember Marco Sturm uh, having a similar sort of collision, if you will, just uh, along the board back in 2010 in the, in the second round against Philly, I want to say, and, and he was a torn ACL. So my mind immediately went to that, and I was like, oh, no, this is terrifying, you know, doomsday kind of scenario. So, oh, yeah, worst case scenario with, every time. Yeah, exactly. That's kind of what you have to kind of, I think if you're a Bruins fan and you grew up, you grow up around this team or you cover this team, you almost assume that, you know, you're just so used to that <laughs> being the case, if you will, so... You know, I, I thought it was going to be the worst. Uh, you know, they're lucky here. I, I would say they're absolutely lucky that it's just going to be four weeks. Perfect timing, really, because the playoffs are, what, five weeks away? So you have mm-hmm. you have a week window there where you maybe get him into another game or you take it slow and you see where he's at physically. Knowing McAvoy, he's a, he's a quick healer, so he may be back before before those four weeks. But, again, I'm not chancing that. I think you want to, you want to take this slow and, and make sure he's 100%. Uh, but no, it, it it is a real thing though. I think where you know that McAvoy injury was scary, and it's just a, uh, it's just one of the many many dominoes that could really drastically alter this team's uh, you know, chances if you will come playoff time. Yeah, and you know, you know, maybe we'll get Charlie McAvoy back when we get Gordon Hayward back. I don't know. Uh, so this is kind of <laughs> nice, lazy. Oh, it would be that would be that would be a Boston wet dream. Uh, so it's kind of the lazy statement. You know, with the Bruins and with hockey in general, if when people want to say or they want to prove that their team can win the playoffs, it's, well, if the goalie gets hot. And as lazy as it is to say, I mean, it's true. Tuca's been very good this season. He's proved a lot of his doubters wrong. Do you think Tuca can keep this up in the playoffs? Do you think he can be good enough to get them to maybe the semifinals or maybe the conference finals? 
You know, I think he can. I, I think that we look at sort of the matchups and some of the teams they could draw in round one or round two for that matter as well. I think that he's played against Tampa Bay pretty well throughout his career. Uh, same for Toronto. Toronto, there's been a slight hiccup uh, these, these last few seasons against against the Leafs here, but I do think you look at that last game. I thought Rask played pretty well. Uh, obviously, we, we talk about that game-winning goal and whether or not that should have counted or not with the goaltender interference. I liked his game overall to that point. Uh, so, so I think that he has the goods to do it. I, I really do think that it's all about health of him. Last year, he he wasn't at his absolute best in round one. I will admit, but I thought he played great in game in that must win game five that they had in in Ottawa, the double OT game. Thought he was great there. And you know, you look back and he played that entire run with a with a torn groin. Basically, he had to get surgery in the off season. Almost immediately after the playoffs, he went on, he underwent surgery and was back by training camp. So. You know, if this current injury he's dealing with is not related to that, and it's one of those things where it's not going to drastically alter what he can do, I think, physically, I think he should be good enough. I think that people, they get so caught up in these outdated storylines about food poisoning and, and you know, blowing leads. They, they forget the fact that this goalie has been one of the most consistent in the NHL this season. And, you know, we can't, we can't continuously go back to 2015 and 2013 when the argument suits us. You know, it's not... It's not fair to Tuka Rath. It's not fair to the player he is today. So I have no issues with him going into the postseason. I really don't. I, it, for me, it's all about health, though. You know, if, if, if he's if he comes back and he's, you know, 890 too good, then I have concerns that he's not 100 percent. You, you, you reestablish you reassess rather where you are, you know, from there. All right, Ty, you're bringing up the past, and I have to bring up the past myself. Claude Julien, um, the wonderful coach of the Montreal Canadiens, he uh, he obviously was the, the coach here in Boston for some time, and, and he made comments after the uh, the Bruins beat the Canadians the other night. Um, what do you make of his comments about um, what happened that night, and just um, aren't you just so happy he's out of Boston? <laughs> well, you know, Claude was always, he was pretty good to me. It's one of those things where I never want to see a guy lose his job. I mean, you know, I was I was a young reporter coming into the scene, and, and he, but he basically it was great. He wasn't a dick. You know what I mean? He wasn't an absolute you know dick to me. When he probably had every right to be, I'm this hot shot thinking I know everything reporter, and I'm asking him questions that he doesn't want to answer. You know, so I was always appreciative of that. So I was I was never happy to see a man lose his job, but it was funny to to hear those comments because I remember those exact comments, if you will, just when the shoes were on their foot when when he was a Bruins coach and the Canadians were diving all over the place. You, know, you kind of remember those quotes, and and you know, listen. I think with the Nashville, I think he's 100 percent right. You know, against the shoulder, you throw his head back. I mean, great gamesmanship from Rick Nash, right? But if it's, it's if the shoes on the other foot, and that's you know, if that were Max Pacioretty doing that, I think Bruins fans would be a little bit pissed off as well. So I found it entertaining. I, I liked it from seeing it on a different side, if you will. Uh, but as as far as you know, what he says, I think this has been a tough year for him. You know, he, I don't think he thought this team was going to be this bad when he signed on with that massive deal. I, granted, they backed up the trucks and, you know, they gave him all the money in the world, but I don't think he thought they'd be this bad. I really don't. And I think there's a little bit of frustration on his end saying, you know, okay, I came here. I want to be part of the winner. We have the best goalie in the world. We have Shea Weber and nothing has worked out. You know, whether it's the health of those players or just the team in front of him, it's been a trying year. You know, he was willing to go through a rebuild in Boston. I don't know if he wanted to go through a rebuild in Montreal because the prospect pool was not as promising as it was in Boston. No, it's funny that that you say that just the comments themselves were like you said, entertaining. And just as Claude didn't think that the Canadians were going to be this bad. I don't think the people expected the Bruins to be this good. And with that being said, I've said it a few times on this show that I think when healthy, the Bruins 
have what it takes to get to the Stanley Cup Finals. I don't know if I'm just crazy for saying that because obviously Tampa does scare me a little bit. Toronto, I think we could beat in seven games, but I just want your opinion on is this Bruins team a Stanley Cup contender? You know, after the Rick Nash trade, I think they are. I, I think seeing this player's fit in Boston, seeing what he can do with David Krejci, I know it's a small sample size, but this really is the line, the, the, the kind of player that Krejci's line needed. I think you're seeing him, he, he's bringing the best out of Jake DeBrusque. You know, this really gives you sort of two dominant top lines, I think, in a lot of ways. I mean, if you're a team like the Lightning, you can say, okay, well, let's stop Let's stop Patrice Bergeron's line tonight. Okay, we can do that. But now you're talking about Rick Nash's line, David Krejci kind of wreaking havoc. So I think that's a real thing for this team now where they have two sort of a 1A and a 1B line. You know, and this is what great teams have. We look at Pittsburgh. You know, they've had three great lines when they've they've been on this run here. So I do think this changes the dynamic of this team to the point where they are a contender. Now, I don't know if they'll beat the Preds in the seven-game series, but, you know, I I see them being able to hang with every team in the East. I really do. I, I think that Pittsburgh. You know, they they smacked them down 8-4 last game. you got to remember, Pittsburgh didn't have their, their goaltender. We're, we're all quick to point that out. But the Bruins didn't have Bergeron either, you know, and they were able to, to make Sidney Crosby disappear in that game. So one of those situations where I, I think they can hang with almost anyone in this league. I really do. Ty, let me tell you, man, I am not going to be able to get used to Rick Nash in black and gold at all this season. <laughs> it is weird, right? I mean, that's it's one of the, super I weird. The other day to somebody. I, I said... You know, I never thought I'd be talking about Rick Nash at the Boston Bruin. It seems like yeah. it was one of those things that was always a trade rumor, but it was almost like, you know, the Bobby Ryan rumors. And before he came here, the Drummond Ginler rumors. It was always out there, but it was never, ever, ever going to happen. Especially when he got traded to the Rangers. It was like, all right, well, he, now he's a Ranger for life. You know, given the way they love their star power on Broadway there. So it, it is wild. I, I think that it's still one of those things where, it's, you know, you're, you're getting used to it. And I don't know if you ever will, but... To, you know, similar to what you were saying, I, I think what, what makes Nash interesting to me is the fact that every time he has the puck on his stick, I think he's going to score a goal. And I can't remember the last time that the Bruins had a player of that caliber, you know, coming in from outside the organization. I, I can't remember the last guy who every time he, he carried the puck, I thought, OK, something's going to happen now. Yeah, it's like it's like Kyrie with the Celtics. I'm just getting used to that. Or Yager uh, when he was at the Bruins when he came in. Yeah, or, yeah, or, or Yager. Like, I, it's, it's one of those things where, like, I... Listen, Kyrie on the Celtics is still weird to me, especially when you think about what they, the price they paid to get him. Looking back on it, you, you sold a broken-down Isaiah Thomas and Jay Crowder and some Magic Beans, and they gave you one of the top 20 players in the NBA. That's gonna That part's going to forever blow my mind. And, you know, if the Bruins can make some noise here and, and get to the Cup or, or, you know, win the Cup, we're going to say similar things about Rick Nash. I'm, I'm almost certain of it. Yeah. And you know what? I want to just kind of go back quick and touch back on Claude because I I had a question for you that I wanted to get out. Do you think, because Claude, when he was here, a big thing with him, especially with Bruins fans, was that he didn't work well with the young players. And this this whole Bruins team is a collection of young players. Do you think that if Claude was on this team, this team would be in the same position? Or is this, or does Bruce Cassidy coming in, is he just a massive part of this team's success? Well, I think I think it's yes and no, and I, I hate to cop I hate I hate to take the cop out answer there, but you know when we talk about Claude, I think people are quick to point out he didn't like young kids, he didn't trust the young kids. I mean, he developed Brad Marchand, who's probably one of the best players on this team, if not the best. And and listen, he he was a young kid when he came on the scene. He was what twenty one, twenty two. He's on their top line in the postseason. So 
you know, it, it all depended on the, it was all dependent on the player themselves. You know, if they conducted themselves and, and showed the willingness to learn and play the way that Claude wanted them to play, he, they would get minutes. Uh, you know, I, I listen, but I don't know if Jake DeBrusque is your second line center for the entire season like he has been if Claude is the coach. I, I don't know if he has that kind of trust in him, you know. So I, I do, I do think that, that that's one thing I would point out. At the same time, though, Cassidy has pushed the right buttons. He knows how to how to get in his players' heads. You know, he, he it's very direct. It's very honest. You know, I used to, talking to some of these players here, they would feel as if they were in the dark with quotes. Sometimes they would know that how they were playing was not good enough, but they weren't sure exactly how they could change it or how they could get the minutes to help them change it. With Cassidy, it's very blunt. It's very direct, and I think that the players embrace that. They understand that. You know, he, they're going to get a second chance. They're not going to be, you know, benched in the press box for 30-something games, step right back in, make one mistake, and then go right back up there. You know, I think that's one of the things that this coaching staff has been very good with. And, and listen, that comes back to the, the changing of the guard, if you will, of NHL coaches. I think that the disciplinarians and the, you know, the guys like to scream and shout at the young kids, they don't survive anymore. You need to be a player's coach. You need to be like Mike Sullivan, like Bruce Cassidy. I think you look at these guys and their track records and what they've done with their teams, they've integrated youth and they've relied on their veterans to help that youth along the way. So if you have that mix of a, of a strong coaching staff that's honest, direct, and, and is player-friendly, I guess, in a lot of ways is what I would say, and you, you put that together with a veteran group that is willing and embracing new faces, this is what you get. And, and right now, I mean, not a single complaint on my end, and same thing for, I think, for the rest of the, all the Bruins fans out there. So... Ty, we're talking about Bruce Cassidy. Obviously, Cam Neely was very much on the hot seat and very much scrutinized while Claude was still here. Um, Claude's gone. Cam still has a job. How much did Bruce Cassidy actually come in here and really save Cam Neely's job? Because in my eyes, if Claude's still the coach or if the Bruins aren't performing this year, even under Cassidy, at that point, the ownership's really got to think about cleaning house completely. Yeah, I think so. I think Neely himself actually had to take a step back here and realize that he needed to trust his hockey ops department. You know, for a while there, it seemed like he wanted to be too involved. You know, there were times where, where he would say, hey, look at this player, let's move this player out. Like the Zach Ronaldo trade. Pretty sure the Zach Ronaldo trade is entirely, you know, can't really say You know, not the best move in the world looking back on it, but it's one of those things that I think that when those moves happen, when the Bolesky signing happens, when the Jimmy Hayes, I think, you know, that makes you st- take a step back and say, okay, am I helping or am I hurting this team right now? So I think that he's, he's allowed Don Sweeney to do his job. Obviously, Kim's not the same when it comes to what they're doing personnel-wise and what they want to do moving forward. Uh, but I do think that, you know, letting Don take the reins here and, and really control what's happening with the hockey offside definitely helped Cam just as much as Cassie's uh, sort of his, his win-loss record has helped Cam as well. I think that that's a big thing for this team. You know, I think, you know, Cam is a fiery guy. He's a passionate guy. He wants to see this team do well because he knows it's good for business. You know, but I think this past year has been a little bit enlightening for him. And, and he's taken a step back and, and he's actually, now he's more involved in sort of the, the off-ice element of this team, whether it's the, the gardens, you know, current reconstruction and the renovations, if you will. Uh, so he's kind of jumped into that realm of what he has on ice thing. Yeah, definitely. And going back to Rick Nash, um, I was a huge fan of this trade the second it was even rumored that he would be coming here. And the main reason was he was going to give Krejci that winger that can play with him on either side. And I don't know what that says about Krejci as a player. I think that says good things about him, that he needs that 
veteran winger, kind of like a consistent winger to be on his side. But in last night's game, I kind of noticed Nash was almost invisible and probably his worst game as a Bruin. I'm not really putting too much thought into it, but kind of what does Rick Nash bring to Krejci and do you see an improvement in Krejci's play? I know last night it kind of looked like maybe he was nursing something, but all in all, I think it the trade really worked out in Krejci's favor too. Yeah, definitely. I think that when you look at sort of the revolving door of mates that David Krejci's had, I think it has to take a toll on you mentally. You know, you never know who you're going to get there. And, and and I thought Ryan Spooner did a great job. I really do. I thought that he filled in well. He was becoming more of a complete player. But he was never going to be the player that Krejci truly needs if we're talking about this team being a, a legitimate postseason threat. You know, that, that was something that the Rick Nash trade did address. And I think realistically, you look at it now, I mean, you traded Bolesky and you traded the first round pick and a prospect. But I think that you look at it on the whole for this season, you stopped running for Rick Nash. Basically, is what you did. And that's that's a great move for the Bruins in terms of what they're able to do uh, with their roster. And like you said, that you can put left hand on the right side. That's huge in the postseason. They have a ton of these guys now that can do that, whether it's Hyman or even Bjork from that injury. He was doing a little bit of that as well. I think that can go a long way in the postseason for this team. Uh, but no, with Krejci, speaking of Krejci, you know, directly, if you will, I think that it's pretty situations now where, where he can trust him in any situation. He can get, get in the puck between the circles, on the walls, behind the net, wherever he wants. And he knows that Rick Nash has the body, the frame, the stick, and the skill set to make something happen. And I think you saw this in the outset. That first game in Buffalo, they didn't get a goal, but man, they did everything besides, you know, score, really. They were a great line that night. So I don't read too much of one bad game is going to happen. Uh, but listen, if his, if his chemistry evaporates overnight, I'll be a little concerned then for sure. All right. Hey, Ty, thank you so much for coming on tonight, man. We're going to wrap up the interview here. You can follow Ty on Twitter at underscore Ty Anderson. You can catch his podcast and all of his work on WEEI.com. His podcast is Zero Pucks Given with Dale Arnold. Ty, thank you so much for coming on tonight, man. Really appreciate it. And we would love to have you back on at some point in the future. Anytime. You got the phone number now, so you can call me whenever. (laughs) all right man i'll hold you to that all right thanks ty have a good one man thanks you too bye that's scary when someone tells nick call me any hour of the night who knows where that's gonna lead (laughs) he doesn't know what i'm gonna be doing when i'm drunk on a saturday night probably next foxwoods night ty might be getting some right (laughs) phone calls hey ty you said i could call you whenever i really need some good advice my buddy here he wants me to play wingman but see the thing is i don't want to go play wingman i want to go gamble on the slots what do you say black or red ty need a decision black or red Ty, do i go do i go double zeros do i go green here ty i need this this is on you ty do i I split them ty or do i do i hold the deal i'm playing blackjack ty I, i need some help spin zone ty goes hey i'm at foxwoods too let's gamble together Spin zone. Ty Anderson, thank you so much for coming on today. Underscore at underscore Ty Anderson on Twitter. WEI.com. You can catch all of his work. He covers the Boston Bruins for WEI. And his podcast, very good podcast with Dale Arnold. And I forgot to ask him a question about the podcast. Damn it. Uh Zero Pucks Given, WEI.com, and I'm sure on your other podcasting apps as well, including TuneIn. Uh good interview. I'm looking forward to have Ty back on in the future. Uh, So let's roll right into it, baby. Let's get into that weekly dump. Weekly dump. I'm glad. You know what? I'm kind of happy tonight that we're not streaming live on YouTube because hair's in shambles. Can't Uh, see me. 
Yeah, that's, <laughs> you can't even see Jared. All right, weekly dump. Seahawks, a lot of Seahawk talk. Seahawks will be listening to trade offers for safety Earl Thomas, but will be looking for a big return, obviously. But will they, though? Because it seems like they're cleaning house. The Seattle Seahawks seem to be cleaning house and dumping salary, trading defensive end Michael Bennett to the Eagles for a fifth-round pick and receiver Marcus Johnson, who's just kind of a throw-in. Richard Sherman, who we will talk about in the regular part of the show, reportedly has been telling his teammates goodbye, bye-bye over the past 24 hours. There is no official word, although his mom did post a really solemn thing today on her Facebook saying that she's really upset and her heart is broken that Richard Sherman will no longer be with the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, Sherman met today with GM John Schneider and Pete Carroll. According to Mike Giardi of NBC Sports Boston, it is a long shot that Deion Lewis is back with the Patriots. Lewis also reportedly was upset about his usage during the season and even in the Super Bowl. Let's stop here quick. Deion Lewis, shut up. My goodness. Like, listen, you're part of the Patriots. Here's my thing with the Patriots. You know what you're going to get. You know you're not going to be you're not going to be playing in every single situation. And I'll be honest with you, it seems like Deion Lewis played a lot this year. Just off the eye yeah, test, especially because he like sucked Lewis at the beginning. Like I feel like he played a lot. Yeah, yeah. Like Mike Gillisley was getting a majority of the snaps because that's the way the Patriots' offense was clicking at the moment. Be a team player, Deion. Jesus Christ. Why does everyone uh, care about him all of a sudden? It's like Deion Twitter Lewis? exploded. Everyone ex- ex- it was like Ryan Spooner 2.0. It's like everyone's like, no, you can't get rid of Deion Lewis. Okay, think, Deion Lewis is a little more valuable like, to the you know, Patriots than Ryan Spooner was to the Bruins. No, no, I, I'm not saying you're wrong, but I'm it's. Just, it was just like all of a sudden there were all these Dion Lewis like lovers on my Twitter timeline. And I was like, where the hell were you all season? Well, you know what? You know what? He plays sexy. He plays sexy in the sense where he people love the missed tackles. People love people love the way he plays because well, visually, he's a good player. He's the one yeah, running back. I didn't good. want them to lose. He is good. He is good. But he'll be what is he a free agent now? Is that yeah, the he's, thing? No, he's, gone. He's, he's a free gone, agent. Though. He's done. He's, he's going to get some big. Get- he's going to get paid. And he's going to get paid somewhere that his career is going to end because I don't think he's going to see. He didn't succeed before New England. I don't know if he's going to succeed after New England. It's probably the next like Danny Woodhead situation. Like look at Danny Woodhead did when he went here. Yeah, he was okay in San Diego slash L.A. and then to Baltimore. But like he was never what he was here. Exactly. Bruins rookie defenseman Lauren, let's rip your heart out. Charlie McAvoy out at least a month with an MCL sprain. Uh, I'm going to the game on March 19th, and I am fucking rattled that I'm not going to see Mac. I was so excited to see Mac play. I spent money essentially to see Mac play. It's so disappointing. I went to the game yesterday. Obviously, didn't see him play. I've been to two others where I, I've been lucky enough to see him, but I'm like, every game I've gone to, somebody su- substantial is out. Bergeron and Bacchus were out the first game I went to. And then McAvoy last night and the other one, uh, I don't remember, but that's, that's been like the theme of this year. We just mentioned it was, they just keep losing guys and they keep winning. What's, what's, what's the latest Lauren on Bergeron's injury? Um, he'll be reevaluated. There's nothing like it's like next week, uh, right? Yeah. It would be at the end of two weeks, which I'm feeling good about it because they said he's Bergeron. He's played through broken fucking ribs. I don't think I think he would have played if he didn't have an X-ray. I think obviously you know you have to get the X-rays, but if he was like, no, I'm good, I think he continued to would have continued to play because he was definitely playing on a broken foot before it was diagnosed as a broken foot. He's played with a freaking punctured lung and a separated shoulder and like who all, knows? All, all at the same time. Yeah, the exactly. guy's like the he's guy's a he's a beast. monster. The guy's a monster. Uh, Antonio Brown has restructured his deal in Tom Brady like fashion for the Steelers' salary cap. 
selfless move by the guy, just getting a lot of respect for him. Hell yeah, Antonio Brown. We always bitch about it. We always go, why don't other players do what Tom Brady does? Tom Brady gives a shit about his team. He wants his team to win. Antonio Brown obviously wants to win. Pause. Hold, with- how bad does this make Le'Veon Bell look? I was going to switch over to Le'Veon Bell. Moving over to Le'Veon Bell and talking with the Steelers. Uh, Bell has been franchise tagged again. I hate the franchise tag in the NFL. It is so dumb. Like, how could you shackle a guy like that for three straight years? Just pay him. I know. Franchise tagged again at $14.5 million. And in January, he threatened to retire if he played under a tag again this season. Uh, He won't retire. But I guarantee you, if he doesn't get a deal, he'll miss a couple games. Oh, yeah. I can see him holding out, no doubt. Which means, guess what? I'm going to try to trade him in fantasy. Because we got keepers. I'm going to try to dump him off. Because you know who else I got? Zeke. And Zeke's going to be back. Uh, rumor central Patriots Texans may have spoken about a Jadavion Clowney trade to the Patriots for a 2018 first round draft pick. Let me, ju- let me just say this. Just so in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. If, Tell you me can, if you could get Jadavion Clowney for a 2018 first round draft pick, yep. it's clear. It is so clear that the Patriots are going to be the Cleveland Browns. In a couple of years. They are done after Tom Brady. They have zero succession plan. They have no quarterback. They have nobody who's up and coming besides Malcolm Mitchell at this point. And maybe maybe Derek Rivers. People forget about him. Uh, Trey Flowers will be there. Marquise Flowers, who's not really young, but whatever. Uh, But, like, they're done drafting. They're just trying to get bets. They're just trying to Let's let's be honest. Like, Max Kellerman was right about the cliff, but it wasn't about Brady. It was just about the Patriots. Like, yeah. this team is going to take a quick nosedive to the to the bottom of the Boston sports like teams after Brady's done. This team right now is a pack of wild bison running away, and they don't see the cliff coming, and they're all running off the cliff together. Yep. Uh, another rumor, another rumor, another rumor. Patriots could trade. Brandon Cooks, who they acquired last season for a first-round draft pick for a or is a second-round draft pick, whatever they acquired him last year from the Saints, and they're they could trade him for a second-round draft pick. Uh, he is due to make in 2018 8.5 million dollars. I'm not gonna lie, I think I could live with that. Yeah, no, I'm gonna keep him, please. Thank you. It, he, there were so many times last year where I was just like, Cooks, what the fuck, man? Like he doesn't extend his arms, he doesn't die for the ball. He doesn't go that extra mile, and it kind of it pissed me off for the most part last season. Part of being a Patriot with Bill Belichick is you always got it. You got to go that extra mile. If that ball's there was a play in the AFC Championship where the ball was a couple inches above his fingers, he didn't dive for it. The guy, the guy to me doesn't have that drive, doesn't have that drive, that grit to that go Patriot for the Patriot way. Yeah, well, it's his first year there. Like it's not like he's just. Yeah. Oh, did I, freeze you. You? did I freeze you, baby? Did I? <laughs> did you, let, you, 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 you shocked. You just, you absolutely just stunned Jared mid-show. All right, that was the weekly dump. Let's move on quick to this one. And once again, Ty Anderson, thank you so much for coming on tonight. WEEI.com. David Back is suspended. And I wanted to talk about this because we have some different, differing, di- differing? Is that a word? Differentiating? Today, Junior. Differentiating opinions. On this matter. Uh, and it seems like I'm on the back end of this whole matter. Everybody else seems to be on one side, and then it's just me. Uh, so David Back has suspended three games for his shot at Franz Nielsen and the, the, the Detroit Red Wings. So he was originally called for roughing. Uh, Nielsen passed the puck off. David Backus came barreling in 
left his skates, threw an elbow into the guy's face. To me, that is a three-game suspension. I know the guy has zero. He, he has no history. Literally zero history. No fines either. No suspensions. But to me, if a guy leaves his skates elbow first for the head, that's a three-game suspension. You can't set that precedent that they're going to miss one game. The guy left his skates. That wasn't an accident. He went after the head. Well, this is the issue with the whole Department of Player Safety is their inconsistency. If they were consistent all year with, you know, suspensions, whether it was hits to the head or anyone else, like, I would have been fine with a three-game suspension if they were consistent with it. And that's why I'm not okay with it. Somebody who's played 848 games, never received a fine, never received a suspension for anything. And I get, I, I hate headshots. I think. And Ty said it perfectly. If they want to eliminate them from the game, then they need to be consistent with how they suspend their players. But McAvoy wasn't, uh, he didn't get hit. He got hit, was it, a week ago or so? And he wasn't called, nothing was called on him. But McAvoy lowered his head. He did, but it was still a headshot. And I understand, but but there was was no call in that period. And this is where my issue with the inconsistency, but, and I don't want to play this card because I, I hate playing it, but if that was Brad Marchand, it would have been like 10 games because he's a because repeat he offender. Has a history, yeah. Yeah. David Backus is not a dirty player. And yeah, I know he left his skates and I, but I, I don't, Barely. Think, I don't think the hit was as bad as people are making it out to be. And I'm not taking away from it. I mean, I don't want anyone to get hurt on the ice. Obviously they're all there to play the game and have fun. But I think it was an unfortunate hit, a fortunate result. Nielsen's going to be okay. He's only out for two games. Still sucks. But, the NHL Department of Player Safety can go fuck themselves because they have no idea what they're doing. NHL, go fuck themselves. I am so fired up. Like when I saw three games, I would have been fine with one game. Hell, I'd be fine with two games. You're going to give a guy who has no history, period, of anything like this, three games. It's just, it's so stupid. And the they hate the Bruins. You can take any shot at the Bruins. You're, they're not. No one's going to get suspended. And it's absolutely, I'm going to use the Nick Qualley word right here, absolutely asinine. Because they don't know what they're I doing. It just gets me so fired up because I hate these people. They just, they hate the Bruins. They don't care what about headshots to them. And you're going to give a guy who has nothing on his record three games? No. Go fuck listen, yourself. Listen, I want to backtrack, though, to, your, to the Charlie McAvoy thing. Because I've heard that all day. I I don't even know who the player was who went after McAvoy, but he was going for McAvoy's chest, and McAvoy put his head there. That's the that's the difference. That's like the that's like the NFL rule where if a guy's standing straight up and you drill him in the head, that's a penalty. But if the guy lowers his head and puts it in the way, then that's not a penalty. So I don't think those are comparable. David Backus left his skates. It may be two games, maybe three games. A little harsh. Maybe two games would have been fine. As this guy, this guy is going to be out maybe two games. If he is, let's say, if he's going to miss two games, David Backus should miss two games. Yeah, I think if how many games he misses, Dave Backus, I'm fine with like that kind of equal kind of. What if not... he missed seven? Okay, well, that's a little excessive, but <laughs> that's the problem with the rule. That's but, the problem with the rule. I mean, there's a lot of problems with the Department of Player Safety, and there's well, they're fuck themselves. Exactly. Listen, I'll say hey. it again. Hey, hey, producer Patty P, when Lauren starts going in and she just, when she leads off with uh, NHL, can go fuck themselves. I want you to put in, I forget what wrestler is, the break it down. Isn't that DX? That is DX. That is DX. Put in the DX, the DX music right there. Break it down. 
Uh, Jared, what do you think on this? Because I haven't, we haven't let you talk yet because I can't see you. It's okay. You don't want to see me. No, it's fine. Um, look, you, are you naked? It's <laughs> the, nice. the wonderful mystery of the black screen. That's why I'm leaving that up there, not my picture on Skype, because you never know. Um, look, I'm with Lauren on the giant fucking that's apparently supposed to happen with the NHL uh, discipline sanctions there. But look, do I think he should have got a suspension? Yes. Is three games too much? Of course it is. That's so stupid. Like like Lauren's saying, he has no history. It's not. He's not like he's Brad Marchand. Like, if it was Brad, Brad Marchand, good. Give him 20 games. He probably deserved it. Whatever. But like... For a guy that doesn't have a history of this, he barely left his skates, and yeah, he, he deserves some game, one game max, maybe a fine. That's all I'm thinking for this. Definitely deserves at least a suspension. That's that's just I just don't think that's I think that's indisputable. Uh, rolling on over, let's talk about something big with the Patriots. So Richard Sherman, uh, the options are these: he's going to be either released, he's going to be traded. Or he's going to be kept, obviously. I keep seeing that tweeted out like that's news, by the way. I keep seeing that. Yeah, I I see. No, I see that. I see that tweeted out by like by a bunch of NFL Twitter accounts. The Seahawks say they're either going to cut him, trade him, or or keep keep him. him. What else are they going to do? Uh, or kill him. Maybe maybe kills the fourth option. They just don't want to say it out loud. (laughs) Why is that? Yeah. Why is that news? That's not news. That's like you could, if I'm running the NFL Twitter, just because. And if I if I'm self aware and realize how dumb of a tweet that is, I just start tweeting that out about everybody. Tom Brady either going to be cut, he's either going to be traded, or the Patriots are going to keep him. I just would start doing that to everybody. Wait and see. Yeah, wait and see. Uh, Richard Sherman, though, uh, he's either going to be cut, traded, or kept by the Seattle Seahawks. The New England Patriots uh, called about him last year for a trade during the off season. Uh, the rumors are obviously starting to spark back up. Malcolm Butler not going to be on the team most likely next year if he is on the team. Uh, Jared, aren't you the one who thinks that he's going to be on the team for whatever reason? I think it's coming. I think somehow he's still going to be on the team. I'm waiting for it. Okay, well, I don't think so. Well, uh, we can play your team and assume he's not going to be. It's yeah, let's, let's, let's play this hypothetical. Malcolm Butler's gone. He will be. Uh, Richard Sherman, do you think that the Patriots would trade for him? Would you be okay with the Patriots trading for him? Especially with his, he's he's got a cap hit next year of thirteen point two million dollars. Is really, that is that worth it? It really depends on what happens with the other guy that apparently might be available as a keep to leave. Because in that situation, who would you rather? See, that's that's what I was about to go down with this view is because I think financially to leave would be more responsible if you're trying to go down that route. But I would rather Richard Sherman. Um, now it sounds like a keep to leave and Richard Sherman both have interest in playing here. Um, to leave was, there's rumors that him and the 40, the 49ers and the Broncos were talking about a trade, but apparently it's not going anywhere. So if he does get released, he claims the Patriots are his top choice, which why wouldn't they be? Um, on the Richard Sherman side of things, he's been linked to the Patriots for years because of the respect he has for Brady and Belichick and vice versa. So I think either way it's a win. It's better than Eric Rowe, but I just. I just overall think that I would rather Richard Sherman um, for what you need. Just put Tlaib's older and he's been playing well, but put Richard Sherman next to Stephen Gilmore and Richard Sherman becomes your number two cornerback. Kind of crazy. And apparently they've been friends too. I'm apparently Gilmore Sherman. and Sherman are friends. That makes sense. Like, they they the seem team. like they'd be friends. And if you're going to get rid of the Legion and boom, I'd take Richard Sherman out of all of them. Uh, yeah. Unless yeah. you're going to give Cam Chancellor to play back there with McCordy, then maybe. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, no, I would. I, yeah, dude, of course. You take Richard Sherman any day of the week, but that's if money's equal. Money-wise, I think I got to go with Tlaib, too, with what you're saying. He's a smarter choice. But, yeah, but it, it just doesn't. It looks like we're going to be in miserable peril after Bill Belichick and Tom Brady are gone anyway. So why don't we just start dumping our money? And well, listen, really, okay. No, it really just depends on where you think you're going to be and if they're actually going to plan for the future. Because, look, if you bring in Tlaib, it means you're in a stopgap and you believe someone's there or you're going to draft a corner to develop behind those guys. If you think that you're going to just say fuck it and go off the cliff in a couple years, then screw it. Bring in Richard Sherman. Why not win a couple more Super Bowls and then we'll really ride off in the sunset until we fall off the cliff. Until, bring until me the- Richard Sherman. <sighs> see, see, another thing, though, that you have to worry about, he's got an Achilles injury. He's had that nagging Achilles injury. And have you ever seen the Achilles snap? Yeah. You? Well, I have, I've like. In slow motion? It's disgusting. It is horrifying. Jared, have you? No. It's okay. So listen to this. Here's your anatomy lesson for the day. The Achilles runs up to the back of your knee. It is so tight. It is so tight. Imagine taking a bungee cord and just stretching it to its absolute max. Okay. I wa it was a Baltimore running back. It might, I forget who it was. Was it? I forget who it was a couple years ago. Whoever tore his Achilles on the on the Ravens, he cut, and they had the slow motion camera going on his uh, on his backside, and you saw the Achilles snap, and his calf just went blah, 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 just started shaking back and forth because it was like a fruit roll up, and it just rolled up into the back of his knee. No. Achilles no. Achilles no, injuries are horrific, and okay, if he said you- if he's had a nagging Achilles injury. I don't want that thing to snap on him while the Patriots are, are getting hit with a $13.2 million cap hit. Does the age matter to you? Tlaib is 32 and Sherman's 29. No. No, the because only- this is a classic Patriots playbook. This is the veteran thing. I think Tlaib would be fine. Well, Tlaib hasn't fine shown signs there. of slowing down either. That's the thing. He hasn't really Sherman, shown... Sherman has. Well, it's because the stupid jelly, uh, Jolly Rancher, whatever you're calling it, <laughs> roll up in his uh, leg. <laughs> Jolly Rancher. The Jolly Rancher in his leg. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, yeah, but listen, it's it's the obvious answer. Richard Sherman, if you want, if if you want to, if if they're both being paid five million dollars, let's just make it cheap. Let's just make it easy. Five million dollars. Then you go, Richard Sherman. He's younger. Hope you got to just hope that Achilles is there, and he's he's a he's. Well, actually, I was gonna say he's a competitor, but so is Talib. Okay, question mark though. If you if the Patriots have the option of getting Sherman, and then they talk to Brady or whatever, and Brady says, "Well, let's get him here. We'll, we'll send him to TB12. Let's help the pliability out, baby." Then what do they do? Who Sherman? Patriots. If if they talk about it, and Brady's like, "Yeah, we can help him stay on the field. The pliability. Let's help. Let's help the Achilles, baby. Let's do our rub downs like in, in Tom versus Time. Let's get hardcore rub down here uh, before every game. Was that help? Then what? Well, see, it depends. Though I think it all depends on just the salary, because the injury, whatever. I'll deal with the injury because I think he's good enough of a player. He's a really he's he's one of the best in the NFL." And I, I bet you he will be next year once he has an offseason uh, and his Achilles is, is healed. But His Jolly Rancher. His Jolly Rancher. Once his <laughs> Jolly Ranchers is healed. But you also just have to the, – the salary cap, it's just – it's so much. If you're going to have what? That, that would be about $26 million invested in your cornerback position. What else are you going to be able to pay for? You won't be able to. If you lose Brandon Cooks, if you do trade Brandon Cooks, then you have $8 million freed up. 
If you trade him for that second round pick, like the rumor says, you have $8 million freed up. Uh, that would go on the salary gap. And he's going to cost a lot after next season anyway. Uh, and also, too, you got to see what else, what other big contracts are coming in. You know, there's rumors of Jimmy Graham coming here. There's rumors of, I've even seen Tyler Eifert, uh, the Cincinnati Bengals tight end. So, you know, you just, you have to wait to see that. Let's move on to the next one. Oh, is that it? Oh, shoot. That's it. Oh, just oh, kidding. Shoot. No, it's not. No, it's not, baby. Cause we got another, we got another episode of Lauren's DMs. Woo. Lauren has some pretty fire DMs. Let's let's just go with the theme. There was a three-way request. I was reading these before the show. We have a three-way request, which, you know, Lauren, they don't seem like a bad-looking couple. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I, I zoomed in on the picture, and I, I was actually pleasantly surprised with the looks of that couple. Yeah, they are a very good-looking couple. I, I scoped out their profile. Yeah. And, and they're there strictly. It says it right there. You get two for one. So they're there yep. for threesome. Well, and then you know we, what you do, Lauren, is you find a friend and you bring it together and then it just becomes a party. That's a four-way. Jesus, yeah. fuck. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, yeah. All right. Let's kick it off with this dude. This is a, this is a helpless romantic who also just wants to fuck. Uh, he start, you seem smart and like a woman who knows what she wants. You're beautiful and I'd waste no time going down on you for an hour. <laughs> Dude, like, fucking, he goes in, romantic, you seem like a woman who knows what you want, maybe your career, maybe you, maybe you just know what you want in life, but I'd also go down on you for an hour because of those things. I wouldn't take you on a date, I would just go down on you for an hour. Fucking fire. This guy, right out of the gate, and I gotta give it to this guy too, because his picture is, is, it's, it's, his face. There's no hiding who he is, leads it off, let me nut on your face. <laughs> that's how you open up a conversation no haze no hellos just let me nut let me nut, let me let me nut on your face. face yep all over it you respond huh you respond i did not respond all right i don't believe you <laughs> lauren february 21st this guy asks you published lauren doesn't answer till march 1st actually no she doesn't answer at all march 1st he goes eat a d snobby betch <laughs> but these guys get fucking ass. Your, your DMs know, are just really fantastic. <laughs> this guy, hello, how's it going? Thirteen days later, I'm really getting turned on by you! Exclamation point. Six days later, you seem freaky as fuck. LOL. Okay, dude, she's not fucking answering. <laughs> Holy shit! This guy, mm, so sexy, honey. My balls are in need of a good workout. Would you like to help me out with that fine ass? Pretty sure he said ass. Pretty sure he meant to say ass, but he said out with that fine ass. Yep. Sure did. And his his profiles, his profile tagline, catch me if you can, winky face. This guy, I don't have a name. I don't have any picture or anything, but he just sent a list of texts. Oh, are these texts? Yeah, so the, the backstory, Jared knows this. This is the part. backstory you want to talk about, okay. Oh, I love the backstory. So, I met this guy a few months ago. We exchanged numbers, just texting, whatever. Um, nothing came of it. And then he texted me, and he was like, oh, I've, you know, how you been? Good, you, blah, blah, blah. He's like, I've just been doing some soul searching. And I was like, oh, that's crazy. Like, yeah, I don't want you to judge me. And I'm like, oh, I don't judge people based on, like, if you're going to be soul searching, or, like, based on their past experiences. And then he hit me with these that you're going to read. These these ones took me back for a second. 
especially <laughs> if he's trying to get with you, this one kind of rattled me. Yeah, this is this is a guy. So this is so we, we've got the backstory. This is a dude. He goes, he started, agreed. I'd never date a guy, but have tried one thing and can admit it was hot. Also made me realize that BJ isn't as easy as it looks, LOL. Truth. Lauren's not answering. Especially on 11 inches, LOL. <laughs> Think anyone would have to admit that, ha ha. One those things need to see to believe. May have liked the view, LOL. Oh. You doing, <laughs> you doing, and then he, and then he just wants to know what Lauren's up to. You doing anything, watching TV, you reading? That's the best part. The end. <laughs> <laughs> I just love sucking 11 inch cock. Are you doing anything? Do you watch TV? What's going on, bro? You know, I had this big experience sucking an 11 inch dick, but what are you doing? You busy? You reading a book? I'm sucking dick. You reading a book? You, you busy there, pal? You drinking coffee? What are you doing? We got a couple more. This is a couple asking for a three way. My girl thinks you're really hot. We are new to this and never really done anything like this before, but we are experimenting. She really wants to try being with a girl, and I think it's really hot. So we got us talking about experimenting together. Let me tell you. So their tagline, two for one, don't be shy. They're not a bad looking couple. I was expecting I was expecting some gross people. And if these are them, they're not bad looking. If Lauren's getting catfished, that's a different story. Because it's almost too good to be true that these two people are the ones that want to have a three-way. Yeah. I didn't see the picture, so I can't judge that comment. Lauren, did you answer this one? I did not. I don't answer, but I'm beginning to think maybe I should for just like for funsies and just start kind of like fucking around. I just I don't know. I don't know what you're into, but they're a good looking couple. Not threesomes. This one, this one wrote a fucking novel. Oh, First one great. Say, you're breathtaking. Wow! Exclamation point. A true natural beauty. My name is Matt. Nice to meet you. I work in finance and my work keeps me very busy, but I miss having someone to spend my downtime with. I'm looking for one amazing open-minded woman to get to know and go on adventures with. Let me spoil you. Shower. Shower. Shopping. Travel. Dinners. Etc. Etc. Anything you want or need, you can come to me. I'm looking for someone that's curious about the lifestyle. Someone that knows what having a sir means. I'm tall and toned and... And in great shape, and I take good care of myself and eat clean. Willing to take a chance on me? Let's explore the world together. Fun. Okay, I had to switch. Let's together fun and drama free. Take my hand. Come to Sir. He sent another text 15 days later. Come to Sir. <laughs> what is a Sir? It's like having like a like a dom, like like that dominant, submissive lifestyle. So it's another BDSM guy. Yeah. Come to sir. Come to, like, I'd have to call him so sir. So you would have I'd, to call him sir? Yeah, I'd probably have to have him saved as sir in my phone. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't, it's like, it wouldn't be like, no calling him daddy. I'd be calling him sir. Fucking, <laughs> what a fucking weirdo. Oh, man. Don't I ever don't, be single. <laughs> I don't, I, yeah, but I don't think I'll be getting these texts. <laughs> you never know. I, at least I hope not. I've never <laughs> been asked to be in a BDSM relationship before. <laughs> I mean, maybe I will if I was single. I've been single in three and a half years, but you know, I I don't think I would be in a BDSM relationship. I don't think I would be asked to be in a BDSM relationship. I think you, know, you would I, be. You think I would be asked? I, th I think you would be asked. Yeah. Would I be the one being spanked? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes, hundred percent. Like you're very like you're tall. You're very like built. You're like you're, you're a very without hitting on you. You're a very handsome guy. Like you oh, are. <laughs> oh, what does that mean by me? Fuck. All right. Uh... <laughs> Jared would be the one getting tied up. <laughs> Jared, listen. Jared, listen. We go to prison. You're getting dragged first. 
I'm dragging you with me, brother, buddy. Oh no, I'm 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 holding on to the prison bars and I'm not letting go. Yeah, that's not true. <laughs> you are not calling anybody sir. I think you I'm, might enjoy it, so it's fine. I'm not, I'm not calling anybody sir. Uh, that was Laura's DMs. So that's really the wrap of the show. Real quick though, just for a minute, just for a minute. So, Gordon Hayward, we talked about him for a split second with Ty Anderson. He's posting pictures and videos now of him actually working out. He's got another. He's got a documentary coming out. Uh, the I forget what the name of it is, but it's like his road back of rehab. He's taking jump shots now. They're light jump shots, but they're jump shots. Remember when he got hurt? Kyrie Irving posted a picture on Instagram or a comment. Three twenty three. That's coming up. I can't believe. I cannot believe it's been about six months since that happened. That part's wild to me. Time flies when you're depressed over an injury. Yeah. (laughs) Dude, talk about something that sucked the wind out of us. I want to go back and listen to that show because that was that was an awful thing to watch. Gordon Hayward Uh, has broken his leg. Gordon Hayward has broken his leg. God, I couldn't fucking believe that. Oh my god, I couldn't believe that. So Brad Stevens does what he's been doing the entire time, and he shuts down all the rumors about Gordon Hayward potentially coming back, which is a smart move. That's what he should do. All these people saying that he might come back, that's dumb. Don't get our hopes up if he's not going to be coming back. Do you think he's coming back, though? I do. I'm so torn because Brad Stevens said he's not, and I want to believe everything that comes out of his mouth. Yeah, Brad's probably just saying, no, when he's the coach, he has to. He is coming back, guys. I don't know if it's on 323. I would die if he did, but he's coming back. I I think he is. Like my instinct is telling me he is coming back this year, but my heart's like, just listen to Brad. Brad's right. Brad would never lie to you. Then I mean, it's like, do, Brad's- I, do I do I think it's worth it? Probably not. What are they gonna do? They don't need him to get to the Eastern Conference Finals. They're not gonna win the finals either way. But like, can he come off the bench for 10, 15 minutes a night? Yeah, he could do that. Sure. He's not gonna be Gordon Hayward, the Gordon Hayward this year if he comes back, but I think it's almost just to see what he can do type situation. But I think he's gonna play this year. See, it's all about the mental game with Hayward because, you know, he's he's not going to be playing the same in the beginning. He's going to be he's going to have that break in the back of his leg. It was horrific, guys. It was fucking horrific. Every time he jumps. Yeah. Um, every time he jumps, he's going to think about it. Exactly. Now. Lauren, I'm on the opposite end with you. I my heart is telling me that he's not coming back. But because Brad Stevens said that just my just my mind, just the way my stupid mind works. I was like, you know, he might be fucking coming back. We don't even have to talk about this. Why Why is this being brought up the entire time? He's working out. The Celtics are in a good position. And I think with a fully healthy Gordon Hayward this year, this team had a chance to win the finals. I do. I think with Gordon Hayward, I think that this team actually had a shot to win the finals. Oh, they would have been in the finals for sure. Oh, and no I, think, I think they would have actually been able to play. Gordon Hayward is an absolute game changer, and it makes me so jacked up for the 2018 season. The October 2018 season when the Boston Red Sox are winning the World Series. When the Yankees got porked by J.D. Martinez in Game 7 of the ALCS at Yankee Man. Stadium. Top of the ninth inning. Aaron Boone karma. Aaron Boone karma. Puts the ball in the bullpen. Yes. Actually, no, I, want, I would like that to be a Fenway Park. Uh... But yeah, man, I mean, Gordon Hayward, I don't think he's coming back. I don't think he can come back. I don't think mentally, I think it would really kind of fuck him up if he did come back this year, because that's all he would think about. And every time he jumped, you know, all of us wouldn't breathe until he hit the ground and he started running again. I wouldn't be able to do it. But we do got to remember, though, no torn ligaments. 
which is a game changer. Paul George, everybody relates this to the Paul George, the Paul George injury. He yep. tore his ligaments. Gordon Hayward, it was a miracle. He did not tear his ligaments. So there's slightly different injuries. So there is a chance that Gordon Hayward can't come back. That's just a fucking fact. And he's taking jump shots, guys. He's taking jump shots. He's working out, quote unquote, by Mike Gorman six hours a day. <sighs> there's a chance he's coming back. He's coming back. I I but see, I'm torn. I think it's 50-50. No, he's coming back. All right. <laughs> as soon as Brad Stevens said he's definitely not playing, I knew right then he's definitely playing. They're they're playing Portland. They're playing in Portland Trailblazers, Evan Turner, on October 23rd, 10 p.m. So we're going to see. We're going to see. That's must-see television, baby. That's must-fucking-see. All right, guys, any closing thoughts? Uh, my fiance just threw snow at me. I'm not happy about it. Good. Hey, Min. Yeah, right from outside. Just threw snow at me. Damn. Oh, I, on the, you probably would have died. Oh, I got like a foot of snow outside. Damn, dude. I would have loved to have that on the video feed. Oh, you missed out. I just got oh, snow on my face. Damn it. All right. Ty Anderson, once again, weei.com. Thank you so much for coming on. You can check out his podcast on weei.com. And I'm assuming... I know you can get it on TuneIn too, but I'm assuming on all other podcast platforms. Zero Pucks Given with Dale Arnold and Ty Anderson. Follow him on Twitter at underscore Ty Anderson. I appreciate Ty too because he's like me where you have to capitalize the certain correct things because it just like even check out the hashtags on the Instagram for Couch Guy. Everything, every start of a new word is capitalized. So Ty Anderson, I appreciate you for that. At underscore Ty Anderson. Lauren, Jared, producer Pat, myself, Nick Quag. Follow us on everything at Couch Guys Sports. We just got a new logo, brand new logo. Check it out on our Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And the new website is going live tonight. So, and I'm going to be confident in saying that. It's going live tonight. The so when you all listen to this, it'll already be live. The new website, it's going to be fucking hot. It is fucking hot. I've already seen it. It looks so good. It looks so professional. We're legit now, baby. I'm shelling out more money than I want to be shelling out, but it's okay because you got to invest. I went to a Parks and Rec conference, and if I learned one thing, it's that you got to invest, and we are investing. Couch Guys Sports Loose Change Podcast, episode number 50 of the Bucks. 50 more until we get to 100, baby. It's been a great 50 first episodes, and we're just going to keep growing and growing and growing until we get advertisers, too. Couch Guys Sports Loose Change Podcast, episode number 50 of the Bucks. Thank you for listening. Have a good ass night.